Up next is the daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 14. Verse 25 says, Now great multitudes were going with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and doesn't regard his own father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life also, he can't be my disciple. Jesus now cuts to the chase. If he held back before, he wasn't anymore. He places the whole picture out there in a razor-sharp clarity. He is saying, unless he is first, then we aren't his disciples, period. In light of all of Christ's other teachings, we cannot understand this passage to mean that hatred is in any way required or even desired in any form, even though we know versions of scripture like the King James will use that word. His comments here serve as a, of a, rather as a hyperbole designed to instruct in the most intensive manner. His point was, and is, that in comparison to our relationship with Christ, our earthly relationships, with even our family members, are to seem as hatred in comparison. I, I believe this is not a verse taught by those family first folks that are out there today. Let's face the hard reality. For the truth is, nothing and no one is to keep us from a Christ-first life. If we do, here it is, short and bitter. We cannot be, we are not, his disciples. Now the amazing thing here is that this fact is rarely an epiphany. I mean, we know this in the depth of our hearts. And frankly, many, many folks who call themselves born-again Christians simply say, albeit if only privately in their hearts, that if that is the case, then they are just not going to be a disciple. They're not going to put Jesus before their family or their business or their comforts. This is no doubt a big reason why so many folks simply do not even try to be a disciple. I mean, they know it's not going to happen, and so they, because they have just drawn a line in the spiritual sand, if you will. Now, please note also that the love of one's own life is also on the table here. You see, that distance between our love for God and our love for ourselves, that too must reach into the extreme. Such would then naturally encompass one's life dreams, pursuits, pleasures in this world, as well as the very breath of life's continuance. Verse 27 says, Whoever doesn't bear his own cross and come after me can't be my disciple. So our second issue of the discipleship criteria here is to bear one's cross. So what is this cross that Jesus speaks of? A physical cross, like the one he hung on at Golgotha? No, but this cross is not without its own pain and its own suffering and sometimes loneliness. My cross is the element of my death to this world. And I must carry it with me every day. Because frankly, every day I must stay dead to this world in order to stay alive in the kingdom of God. 
But once again, this too can be avoided if one so desires. We need only live lives as far away from Christ's front lines as possible. Perhaps then nothing will ever be required of us. However, Christ calls upon us as his disciples to live as he lived, to seek to be used by the Father, to live holy as he lived, to further his kingdom. And yes, along with such as to share his persecution, his suffering, his trials, and even the onslaught of Satan. Verse 28 says, For which of you desiring to build a tower doesn't first sit down and count the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? You know, Christ never tried to hide the cost of discipleship, the cost of following him. In fact, he always made it very clear such a life would be expensive. But for those who desire that life, giving up everything is not really a loss at all because, in fact, it is not something, well, that is thought of much at all since the day we made that decision to walk away from the world. I don't know, I guess maybe we're just too busy embracing the new road and its subsequent blessings. Oh, yes. Yes, we're fighting all the battles, too. It is the spiritual and proverbial Jordan River, the crossing over from a life of wandering around in the desert into the blessings of the promised land. Now, some might question this picture by asking, yeah, but aren't we cared for by God there in the desert? Oh, yes. But you know, for many of us, we simply don't want to live out the rest of our lives eating manna. Now, it may be safe over there in the desert, but this side of the river, well, this side is the land of milk and honey. Oh, yes, there are some pretty mean giants that aim to do us harm. Yes, there are battles and there's testing too, but there's also victory and great blessing. Best of all, we get to see God's miraculous. We get to see it right up close. Make no mistake. Despite the sweet and sticky mess that is being doled out as modern Christianity today, this is in fact what Christ is calling us to. But we must count the cost, which means we need to stop and look up ahead before we nonchalantly accept the call of the disciple. Such a calling is not to be taken lightly because it is in fact, well, quite expensive. Verse 29, or perhaps when he has laid a foundation, and isn't able to finish, everyone who sees begins to mock him, saying, This man began to build and wasn't able to finish. But what king, as he goes to encounter another king in the war, will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who is against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends an envoy and asks for conditions of peace. So therefore, whoever of you who doesn't renounce all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. Throughout the ages, we know there have been countless individuals who have, quote, put their hand to the plow and looked back, end quote. And oh, how the world mocks when they see such a thing. There have been many who have desired to know the world of a disciple, but have been unwilling to forsake all. So the bottom line is this. Do we trust the Lord with all that we have and all that we are? Do we trust him to do good by us? Do we believe he loves us? Do we love him that much? 
Verse 34 reads, Salt is good, but if the salt becomes flat and tasteless, with what do you season it? It is fit neither for the soil nor the manure pile. It is thrown out. He who has ears, let him hear. The picture here in the last verse of this chapter is one of the individual who begins strong, but in the end loses his flavor. It's a picture of the believer who starts out committed, but goes back on his vows. Therefore, at that point, what good is he? Such a place is of the most miserable, for he has forgotten. Maybe he got tired, or maybe he simply found the cost was just too high. John Calvin said, I gave up all for Christ, and what have I found? I have found everything in Christ. Henry Drummond puts the perfect period at the end of the sentence. The entrance fee into the kingdom of heaven is nothing. The annual subscription is everything. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com. dot